This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Welcome to another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. As you can tell, I am not Josh Lyles, who usually intros the show. He and Chris Nano are not available for tonight's recording. So instead, you have me, Jake Hassan, your regular co-host. But joining me tonight to co-pilot this ship is Harrison Barzik, who previously appeared on a show a couple weeks ago. Harrison, welcome back. You are now a recurring guest. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to be back. Awesome to have you. So you had a couple questions prepared, so I'm going to let you go through that and run point on that since they are your questions. Okay, it started off with kind of an easy one. This one could kind of open it up a little bit. I was going to ask this one to Chris because I think it was him who started this off, but uh, he initially said a few weeks ago that if we can't get these two wins against the Jets and the Bills, then we really aren't a playoff team. Now that we have these two wins and we got them in a resounding fashion, do you think that we are a playoff team or we can even be in those talks yet? So for me, when the Bears got Cleo Mack, I think that put them in playoff conversation. Uh, before that trade, I had thought they would be around seven or eight wins, which was fine because I was fine with how that would have come out with where they're at in the rebuild. Cleo Mack, I thought, put them in 10-win territory. Uh, I thought it definitely elevated the team and put them in playoff contention. But Chris was right, because obviously when you play a team like the Jets and the Bills, those are games you're supposed to win, and you're supposed to win handily, which the Bears did, beating the Jets obviously 24-10, to and then the manhandling of the Bills 41-9. to So I do think they are in the playoff conversation. Being in first in the NFC North certainly doesn't hurt. Um, so yeah, I think they're definitely in that conversation now, as they should be. I, th- I think it's warranted. I kind of agree. Like you said, we handled the teams we needed to handle. But for me, I think I look at it a little bit on the flip side where we haven't had that real signature win against a tough opponent. We've beaten some pretty crappy teams with the, the Bucks, the Jets, the Bills, Cardinals. The Seahawks weren't really heating up yet when we played them. So I like to see us take some teams uh, in the division down a little bit before I start making that leap. But I do agree with you. I do think our roster is built to be about a 10-win team right about now. Yeah, and obviously this next three weeks with the Lions and the Vikings, and obviously you get the Lions twice, that's huge. I think you're really going to see what the Bears are made of this week because the Lions, uh, they're not great. I think they're in a transition period right now, but they're still a team that put, has played the Bears well. They still have a very good quarterback in Matt Stafford there. It seems like they figured out their running situation with on Johnson too, so the Lions, you get them twice. And then obviously the Vikings are huge uh, with Kirk Cousins. And this was a team that went to the NFC championship game last year. So I think we're about to find out a lot about this Bears team. Definitely, definitely. One thing I want to bring up too is all three of these games are within a 12-day stretch, which is not ideal right. for a team that's just starting to get healthy. 
Now in the today of practice, we've had a lot of good guys coming back. We had Bilal Nichols coming back, Khalil Mack, Ellen Robinson. And now one of my favorites to see is we had Adam Shaheen practicing today, who is now been designated to come off the IR. So what kind of impact do you think he can make on our offense going forward? I think it could be amazing in the red zone. Yeah. Shaheen is someone who I liked when they drafted him because just because he's a huge guy, like he's just a huge guy. He's a huge target and he's athletic too. So I've always liked Shaheen. Uh, I always thought he could be a big part of the offense when he went on short-term IR this to start the season when he got hurt. I was bummed, but the fact that he's able to come back now is huge. And I think he's coming back at a good time that we're seeing Mitch really take it to another level and play consistently well. So I think he comes back at a good time. And we know that Nagy likes the misdirection. He likes using guys in different ways. So I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets with Burton. I think you're going to see even some Shaheen out wide, a lot of him in the slot. So I'm very excited for how they're going to be able to use him because I think he could possibly take this offense to another level. I agree. Like you said, he's an absolute monster physically, six foot six, about 280 pounds right now. And the way Nagy's been so creative in the red zone already, I can't even imagine what he's going to be able to do with uh, basically a cheat code back there. He's about five inches taller than any defensive back on the field. So that'll be really cool to see. It's going to be great for jump balls. And I I mean, it makes me really excited for the shovel pass play because he can just run yeah. people over too. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I'm really excited to see him. I think he's going to be uh, really, I think he's going to quickly go to the top of Mitch's reads because I, I, we saw a little bit, a little bit last year that they had a little bit of chemistry going. I think he had like three touchdowns in the last two or three games at the end of last season too. So they already have a little bit of a rapport there. Yeah, definitely. I think it helps too that he's so big. Mitch doesn't have to be quite as pinpoint with his balls. He can kind of toss right. one up and hopefully he gets it. And that actually brings me to my next question. This was brought up by a fan. Uh, Joshua Cornell asked on Twitter that if we think Trubisky has finally figured out his accuracy, because he said that if he thinks he can nail that, then we can really compete with any team in the schedule. So what do you think about Trubisky and his accuracy issues or maybe growth in the last couple of weeks? Um, I think we've seen a lot of growth from Mitch. Uh, we talked about week to week how Mitch's development has gone. Uh, he's missed 12 throws in each of the last games. Or actually, he missed 13 against the Jets at 12 against the Bills. But I am still happy with his accuracy. Uh, it's been better certainly during the season and it's still, there's room for improvement, but, and I brought this up on a show a couple weeks ago that Mitch is now overthrowing receivers and at least giving them a chance to get there rather than underthrowing them. And which is where you get into dangerous territory with interceptions. And I still think he's hitting guys in stride and as he needs to uh, across the middle too. So I- I'm happy with it. Could it be better? Yeah, obviously it could always be better, but this is still a guy who is in his second year, really just starting his second full slate of games as far as experience goes. And this is a guy who's still learning and who's still getting his development uh, track going. So I'm happy with it. I think Mitch has been above average. Uh, I still think there's room for improvement, which we'll see. I mean, you can't expect him to be perfect every week, but the good news is that when he wasn't as pinpoint was these last two weeks against bad teams who you had the chance to beat up on. So hopefully, you know, we start seeing some of that games against like the bucks when he only missed a handful of throws and games against even the Patriots who were a better defensive team, I think than the bills and jets. And he only missed, uh, I mean that game he threw 50 times, but 
the throws that you expect him to make in that game, he made. So I, I, I'm happy with it. Long story short, I'm happy with his accuracy, with his development. I think he's making the throws he needs to, and I think soon some of the ones that he's missing will start falling for catches. I completely agree. I mean, you've seen before he has the accuracy and he can make those throws, especially with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there were like three third and long throws where he just absolutely fired in some rockets. One was to Taylor Gabriel, and it was an absolute laser. So that's great to see. And like you said, he's football young. He's still a second-year guy, learning a new offense, almost like a rookie again. And you can see in his mechanics, you know, when he's confident and he knows that the plays are going or knows where his reads are going, he sets his feet and makes a good throw. But when he gets a little scrambled, doesn't really know what he's doing, you can see he starts to break down a bit, and that's when those balls tend to sail on him a bit. Yeah, I definitely think that you can still see some of the uh, jitter sometimes when he feels pressure, when he's thinking about pressure. But I think for the most part, week to week, he's gotten better with that. And I think week to week, his accuracy, he's improved certain things. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I want to talk about another young guy real quick here. Roquan Smith had a huge game last week, and he led the team with 13 tackles, which sounds amazing, but there were also times where he looked a little out of control and like overran some balls. I know there was one third down play where he overpursued a little bit and got burned for a first down. So I want to know what you think about his game last week and his growth from the start of the season. Yeah, I think to go to your point that you your later point in that statement that he overran some guys and he's being a little too aggressive i think that's where we're seeing the effects of roquan's holdout because those are usually things you iron out and work on in training camp and those practices that he missed mm-hmm. um for the most part though his natural ability is allowing him to still be a solid contributor, as you said, with the 13 tackles and still be very effective. It's just little things like that. Just little mistakes where you can't over pursue, can't be too aggressive. Make sure you make the safe play before you go for the big play. And, you know, I, I think that sure you could point to, oh, well, if he had just been in camp, whatever, fine. They make that point all you want. You're spewing hot air at that point. I think Roquan has been a very solid contributor to this defense. You're really seeing why, Ryan Pace and the staff valued him so high up and enough to take him at number eight in the draft. And it's showing, I I think he makes the unit, the linebacker unit, and it's just the defense as a whole better just with his pure speed and his instinct and his intellect. I agree. And again, other guys, football young, like you said, he's learning his what he can and can't do in the field, but you love to see that speed complete sideline to sideline ability. He had one big play against the bills where he tackled a running back, for a couple yards of a loss on the screen pass. I mean, that's stuff not just not stuff every linebacker can do. So it's awesome to see him kind of coming into his own a bit here. Yeah, I think this upcoming game against the Lions is some is going to be a big Roquan game. I think that has his name written all over it because the Bears have never, not never, but in recent years haven't really had that that guy that can drop into coverage effectively like that. Like, yeah, sure. You've had guys who are fine Trevathan and Freeman, and even going back to Briggs and those other guys, like they were fine and they did adequately, but Roquan, that's like his calling card that he can go sideline to sideline cover. He can go up in the slot across the middle with guys and cover guys. And even if somebody does make a catch before him. He has the speed to recover and get there. And that's something that the bears didn't really have And Stafford. That's where he makes his money in the middle, picking you apart. So I really think this has big Roquan potential. And obviously in the run game too, he could be very important there too. Yeah. I cannot wait to see his matchup between two young sec guys and Roquan Smith and carry on Johnson kind of bring you back to their glory days and that powerhouse of a conference. That'll be cool to see. One other guy from the SEC that I want to bring up here is actually Trey Burton from Florida. He's been having a great season. He's been reliable catching the ball. 
he's been a security blanket for Mitch, but he's also been really good at blocking. And on a lot of Mitch's big runs or a lot of screen passes that go well, you see Trey Burton out there smothering either a linebacker or a defensive back. Now I want to know, do you think this blocking is something new from him or something he's always been able to do? And have you expected this so far out of him? Yeah. So when the bears got Burton, I mean, that was kind of what he was billed as, as a, a complete guy who can do it all. And you know, he was buried on the death chart in Philadelphia, so I think this was always something he could do. It just now that he's got this this uh, spot as the tight as the number one tight end, I think now he can really shine. And you're seeing that okay, this guy really can do all facets of the game that you ask him to do, whether that be blocking, whether that be even pass protection. Especially, obviously, catching was his main thing, and he's been great receiving this year. But even, I mean just with the shovel passes and how you can use him in different ways. I think he's lived up to exactly how he was billed as a player, but we just didn't realize just how well he does the little things like that, like blocking. Definitely. Definitely. Now, do you think with Shaheen coming back, he's going to see more of a role as a pass catcher now that he's able to block a little less, or do you think he'll even get less touches with Shaheen on the field? Um, see the thing with me with, when you talk about touches with, the bears is the pass catchers, the leading receivers that's going to fluctuate every week. I mean, yeah, it seems like, it seems like Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel have kind of found their niche as guys. Mitch likes to go to, but it's going to change every week. I mean, it could be Burton at the top one week. It could be Robinson at the top one week. It could even be Tariq Cohen. And I think that's just going to continue when Shaheen comes back because his, main thing when you drafted him was he can be a super athletic guy, go down the sideline, go across the middle and make big plays uh, receiving. So I don't think it's going to have a negative impact on Burton. I think he's going to generally stay in the same role. You're going to still play him to his strengths. Um, and one of his strengths is blocking uh, so much so that you've been able to scale back the snaps that Deion Sims can take because Deion Sims was supposed to be this guy who could block really well, even though he wasn't a great receiver Burton's been so good at that, that Sims's role has been scaled back. And now you have Shaheen coming, who's more of a pure offensive threat as far as receiving, whereas Burton does everything. So yeah, I, I think Burton may be asked to do some of it less, but at the end of the day, he's still an integral role of the offense and you're still going to ask him to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, he just, he can do a bit of everything. And with Nagy, he loves that versatility. <laughs> You've seen it with even Eddie Jackson getting on the field. He knows Eddie Jackson's an athlete. Hopefully we'll see some of him in the offense later. So that versatility, I think, is completely key for a guy like both of them, really, Shaheen and Trey Burton. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think you're going to see some two tight end sets. I think you're going to see some craziness, some wacky stuff. I mean, like you brought up the Eddie Jackson thing. We obviously saw Charles Leno, the left tackle, line up out wide a couple times. Yeah, so I mean, Nagy likes to get creative and do these different things. But I think for the most part, Burton's still going to have that role. He's still tight end one, and he's still a reliable guy that you know you can go to. Definitely, definitely. And like you said, it's game to game, kind of matchup dependent. We've seen right. that happen so far this year with Tariq Cohen getting touches a lot in big games. And also Jordan Howard a little more in this Buffalo game. You saw him running over their defensive backs. So that kind of brings me to my next question. Another one from a fan here. David Miller wants to know, what do you think Jordan Howard's place in the offense is going forward? Is he going to be this game to game guy? Or are we going to get back to <laughs> kind of our recent years where he's the workhorse? What do you think about that? So I think that you're never really going to have a workhorse back or a bell cow, so to speak, when you have Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, both on this team at the same time, because 
and this kind of brings us back to our point before of that it goes game to game, just like with the receivers. It goes like that with the rushing attack too. You knew you could run on Buffalo because you knew you would get up big and you knew you could give up some more carries to Howard and just kind of ground and pound him a little bit. As you saw with the two touchdowns, he got 14 carries, but <clears throat> it's still going to change. So like against this game against the lions, the lions have a strong defensive line and it's probably going to be a little bit of a closer game. So in that sense, you're going to see more Tariq Cohen and you're going to see a little bit less of Jordan Howard. It's a very fluid situation with this offense. Nagy said Definitely. at the beginning of the year that it depends on the team and how you game plan for that team. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I know some people are unhappy with how Howard's been used, but the important part is Howard's not complaining about it. Nobody else is complaining about it. They realize that this is a whole fluid situation, and it just depends on what the situation in the game calls for. The one thing that I've noticed, uh, and I was reading this on The Athletic today, is that when the Bears try and convert a third down, a third and short, which would be three yards or less, with a run play with Jordan Howard, they're effective on like 70% of it. As wow. opposed to as opposed to less than I think like less closer to fifty percent when it's anything else, and I think it was thirty percent when they try and pass in that situation. So wow. Howard Howard has a certain role. He's more of that guy that you're going to trust more towards the goal line and in these short situations because that's his calling card. That's what he does well. I you know obviously if you wanted to make him the bell cow and make him that thousand yard back like you did last year, you could, but. Last year's offense was way different, so you just can't expect that anymore. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, it's kind of those situations where like you saw against the Patriots where Nagy tried to get a little tricky on the goal line. I think we had about like four or five plays because of a penalty, and he tried all these crazy things, and all of a sudden he remembered, oh, I have Jordan Howard just walked right, right in for a two-yard touchdown, no problem. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Howard's one of those guys that he can run you over, he can drag guys with him. I mean, we even saw it in the Buffalo game on one of his touchdowns. Buffalo safety comes, tries to tackle him, and Howard shakes him off. Like, that's just what he does. He can grind out those yards when you need them. Yeah, definitely. Now, grinding out those yards is a bit easier when you have good guys in your interior O-line. Brings me to my next point. Not as much of a happy one as getting Cleo Mack or Adam Shaheen back. We actually lost a guy, I'm sure you all know. Kyle Long is now back on the IR somewhere he's quite familiar with recently unfortunately so how do you think uh, our interior is looking going forward i know we have young guys like kush and daniels but obviously kush has not never been a great starter he can fill in but i don't think he's a star like kyle long so what do you think about that moving forward yeah i mean obviously kyle long has been your best offensive lineman probably since he was drafted um he brings a lot to this line and i i think obviously you're gonna take a hit by losing him because he's a pro bowl caliber offensive lineman he makes your definitely whole unit so much better um but that being said i like eric kush a lot i think he did very well uh when when he's played this year i think he's done very well i think he was one of the best graded players from the bears win against buffalo and james daniels on the other side at uh left guard he's been good too uh he's been a pleasant surprise because we know he switched positions from center to guard. He's done really well. So yeah, I think you're obviously going to see a little bit of a drop off with the production, but I, I still have, uh, I'm still confident in this team because not in this team so much as in this unit and in what they can still do for the run game, because 
when you have someone like Tariq Cohen out there anyway, who can make plays all on his own, you just got to give him a little bit of daylight and just be average. And I think Daniels and Kush are both above average linemen. Yeah, I agree. Same with Leno and Massey. Even I know Massey might not be a star by any means in pass protection, but he's pretty good as a run blocker. And Charles Leno's proven he's not only an Iron Man, but he's pretty good himself. I know you mentioned his PFF stats. He's been well up there as far as those grades. So it's nice to see we have maybe not a ton of stars like the Eagles did last year, but we definitely have guys who can play and that'll make it solid for us going forward. I think. Right. They have solid guys. And so that's, that's what you need. Yeah. Obviously there's going to be a drop off from a guy like Kyle long, but you're not just bringing in some schmuck in there. These are guys who could potentially like, I think Eric Cush would start on other teams. I definitely agree with that. So speaking of other teams, we're finally getting a good comparison with our team to the other ones. I know these power rankings have not been very kind to the bears last couple of years, but uh, on ESPN's top 10, we're finally right in there. Number 10 finally cracked the list, but we are still behind teams like the Eagles and the Vikings who are both worse than us in the standings. You think we should be above them or not quite yet? Um, it's hard to say because the Eagles and Vikings have both been very weird teams this year, as far as not meeting expectations. And as far as kind of being disappointing, I think I think the Bears, Vikings, and Eagles are all in the same kind of category. Like they're like we're still kind of waiting to see from them if they're for real. Like we're trying to see. All right, is this the Vikings team that can go toe to toe with anyone? Like go and beat the Redskins, or is this a team that's going to lose to Buffalo? So, like yeah. you don't really know with them. With the Eagles, obviously they've had their own injury issues. They've been through a lot. Um, Carson Wentz is doing his best to Superman them and just keep them afloat. But at the same time, the Bears have also had weird games. Obviously, the Dolphins game, but then they go and nearly take the Patriots to OT. So I think ten's about right for the Bears. Um, I, I, and again, going back to this next three game stretch coming up with the Lions and Vikings, I think that's going to tell you a lot about this team and where they should be seen um, if they should be seen in more of the middle of the pack or among the elite. Yeah, I agree. I never want to overlook somebody, but the, the Lions at home is a game we should win if we're anything even close to a top 10 team. But that Vikings right. game is a big one. I think that really defines us as a team. If we can beat the Vikings, I think we're good. If we can hang with them, we can prove that. And that's a good sign. And if we can't, then maybe we're still a couple years away. Yeah, the Lions game is definitely winnable. That's definitely a game that you should probably win at home. Uh, right now, ESPN gives the Bears a 75.6% chance of winning that game. The Bears are six and a half point favorites. So I, I think that's good. I think your point about the Vikings, though, is warranted because now you go from facing the jets and the bills to Matt Stafford and the lions, and then Kirk cousins and the Vikings. And also it's going to be a real big test for the offense because we know about that Vikings defense. We know what they can do in the, they're back. Yeah. The playmakers they have, I mean, they're an unbelievable team. They're an unbelievable unit. So it's going to say a lot. Like I said earlier, we're going to find out a lot about what the bears are made of coming up. And it's a perfect time to get Allen Robinson and Cleo Mack back on the team and back out there what we assume is fully healthy exactly exactly so i think we're on the same page here this Lions game is winnable what do you think are some keys to this game coming up what do you think is gonna have a big matchup what do you think is gonna need a show out for us to get another win here so i mean the obvious answer is cleo matt is that he is healthy that he can move fine that he can be in coverage because 
we saw in that game against the Patriots that he just he couldn't move. He could barely like keep up with the guys he was being asked to cover. Uh, his coverage wasn't good. So now he's had two weeks to heal up that ankle. Hopefully his mobility is better, uh, and hopefully he can make some better moves. Um, like I said, Roquan's a big one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I really want to see just guys stay healthy. I'd also like to see if Allen Robinson, what his role is going to be in his first game back. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I know there are games in the past where you got 10 catches and also games where you only had one and kind of seemed to disappear. So I think he's going to need to have a big game for him to really get our offense going at full speed. He's for paying him like, Oh, number one, I don't really need him to be a number one, but he needs to definitely be a consistent guy. We can go to without having to worry about it. Yeah, it would be awesome to get like a sig like an Allen Robinson like 120 yards a touchdown like where he just goes to work because exactly. I I think that's something that you do want to see and like you said that's what you paid him to do so I mean you you need to see it he's obviously dealt with this groin injury and obviously that's a sensitive injury that's something that affects his movement but yeah if he comes out strong and he shows that he hasn't missed missed a beat with Mitch then he's definitely uh, someone to watch in this game too, because the lions can be beat deep, especially and Robinson. We know he can burn you. He can make it and come down with a jump ball. So he can, he can hurt the lions. I'm, I'm interested to see how he does. Yeah. Like you said, the lions can be beat deep. I know I saw a stat on the uh, NFL ESPN thing that said they've one of the worst grades in coverage. They allow some of the highest quarterback ratings, I think Mitch is going to need to step up and have a big game here. Obviously, you know, our defense matches up pretty favorably with the Lions now that they got rid of Golden Tate. So they're going to hopefully be counted on to do their job. I think it's on Mitch, though, to kind of take it to the Lions. I don't think the defense is going to be able to win this game by themselves. I think Mitch is going to need to put some points up and show some consistency here. Yeah, this is going to be a game where both units are going to have to play well. I think that's maybe... Maybe the first time you can say that this season, uh, another Patriots game, you probably needed that too. But <clears throat> this is one of the few games this season because, you know, against Arizona, we saw the defense kind of won that game. Against Tampa Bay, it was more just even if the defense hadn't played that well, the offense was going to carry it. So, and then obviously the last two weeks has just been whatever kind of blow off games. <laughs> yeah. But I think this you're back now, like you're back to everybody's got to do their job. Everybody's got to rise to the occasion, play well. And, and you're right, because this isn't a team with Nathan Peterman trotting out there or a rookie Sam Darnold trotting out there. This is Matt Stafford, a guy who has a 5000 yard season on his resume, a guy who is seen as a a good quarterback in the league, probably a top 12 quarterback in the league, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, you know, you're going to have to bring it. You're, you're really going to have to play a lot better. And yeah, Mitch, this is a big Mitch game. This is going to be a game where he has to do, I don't, I don't want to say more because even if he just does his, like his usual, I guess the, then you'll be fine. But uh, yeah, I, I think Mitch, the accuracy is where you're going to have to see it this week, especially. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think he has to necessarily carry the team this week. He doesn't have to have some insane performance to get us to win. 
But the NFC North is quietly becoming a division of quarterbacks. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins is pretty good, Matt Stafford, and hopefully Trubisky can get there. So I don't think he needs to necessarily kill this game and absolutely light it up, but he can't lose it for us, that's for sure. Yeah, this is this is definitely a division of quarterbacks um, because you have a, I would say, an above-average quarterback. At, I mean, definitely above-average with Cousins and Rodgers. But I think every quarterback in this division is above average. And I, I think obviously Mitch is probably fourth out of four there, but I mean, I think he's coming and I think I, again, I mean, we keep bringing it up with these next three games is going to be a, a time when Mitch can finally say, all right, I'm here. I've developed for the most part. I'm just working out some kinks now as any young quarterback does. And I mean, we're ready to rock here. Yeah, I definitely think he can. And I think this is the time to do it. That's really all I got at my end. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, just one last thing that I just want to address is <clears throat> how the defense is playing. And so far, like, because one of the things that we saw earlier was the tackling issues. And yeah. we kind of talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but I'm interested to see what your observations are because, you know, in the Dolphins game is we couldn't talk, we couldn't tackle anybody. They were blown blowing tackles they couldn't cover anybody and even the Patriots game to an extent was a little bit like that not as bad but still you saw there were some issues there I think the last two weeks were definitely better again granted they weren't nearly it wasn't Tom Brady out there but I, I think those issues have definitely been for the most part resolved and I don't know if you saw the same thing as I did yeah, I think there's two things that really play a big factor in that, and one is youth, and another is confidence, and those things kind of go hand in hand, especially with guys like Kyle Fuller. I mean, you see Kyle Fuller, if he's confident, he's playing well, and if he's not, it shows. And guys like him and Bryce Callahan have been showing they can be good tacklers when they come into their box a little bit. Same with Adrian Amos, although he had a bad game against the Dolphins, but Eddie Jackson is the one that really is the focal point of this one with just that confidence. You know, you saw in the Dolphins game when they started breaking some tackles and getting some space, it kind of seemed like an avalanche where it just kept coming and coming and coming. They kept breaking more and more tackles. And then every once in a while, you see him really come up and just absolutely light someone up on a screen pass. So I think once he's feeling himself and feeling good, he can make those tackles, but I'm worried he might get in his head a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I think Kyle Fuller, to circle back to that real quick, Kyle Fuller is definitely stepping up as the number one type quarterback, or not quarterback, cornerback that he's getting paid to. He's it finally looks like he's taken on that role. He's stepped up and to be a captain of this defense. Yeah, I agree. And I actually have an article coming out this week. I'm working on right now. I think he could eventually be a pro bowler this year if he keeps it up. Oh yeah. He's definitely having a pro bowl season type of season. And I think he's definitely going to start getting that recognition um, <clears throat> because he has played that well. And there was actually, what was the other, I just had it in my head. There was literally one thought in there and it just, oh, this is what it was. So I was reading this on The Athletic 2 today and it was that when guys were going and talking to the players, it was seemingly always about Cleo Mack, talking to the defensive players. Yep. And that they could tell that Akeem Hicks and guys like Akeem and guys like Danny Trevathan were kind of like, all right, like, yeah, we know Cleo's here, but you know, when are you start asking us about a unit as a whole? And how these last two weeks have really provided a, uh, a a statement for the rest of the defense that, all right, we're still a good team. We're still a team that's a top 10 defense, even without Cleo Mack. And then once we have him, we're top five, maybe even top three. And, you know, 
that they found their identity. And I think that's an accurate statement that even without Cleo Mack, this defense is top 10 and they've now found their identity and known like, all right, we can play this well, even without this guy. And I think yep. we're obviously all the articles coming out this week have been, Oh, well, Cleo Mack's back. Like can't understate the importance of that. But I think it is understated a little bit because he does transform what they can do. Because obviously then you start getting those double teams and triple teams and guys like Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols and Leonard Floyd can get better looks. Yeah. And I think that even goes back to the confidence thing again, where this team, obviously, once Khalil Mack came in and was absolutely lighting up to start the season, we had a great defense. We were one of the best in the league, if not the best. And then he started to slow down a little bit. You saw his ankle kind of slow him down in games, and he wasn't getting that production. And it almost seemed like it had a carryover effect to the rest of our guys. Now that he was gone for a bit, as you sat it out, they had to figure it out for themselves. And you saw that confidence come right back. Our defense is playing like a top-ten unit again without him. And hopefully him coming back is going to be kind of like the first half of that Packers game where just a big boost. They already know they're good. They know they can hang with these teams. Now you get a star like Khalil Mack, I'm hoping that'll help them take the next step and hopefully it stays this way this time, where they stay is that one one of the top units and they stay dominating. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a big boom back to them. And I think <clears throat> against a banged up Lions offensive line, you're definitely going to see this defensive line eat. Uh, you asked me this earlier and I per- totally forgot to flip it back. Uh, you asked me about how about the two wins against the Bills and Jets and where this team is going and if they're a playoff team. What are your thoughts on that? Because I totally forgot to see what you thought about that. I said at the beginning of the year, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I thought they were a seven, eight win team without Mac and that with Mac, they're probably a 10 or 11 win team. I still think they're on that track. I still think 10 or 11 wins and at least a playoff push, if not a playoff spot is in reach. I just wanted to see what your expectations are for the rest of the season now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think those numbers are pretty accurate. Before we got Mac, I could easily see this team being 7-8, and eight, but a much more improved 7-8 and eight than we were last year. Uh, with Mac, I think 10 sounds pretty accurate. 11 may be a bit of a stretch, but hey, this team turns it on and really starts playing together and shows consistency on both sides of the ball. That's not out of the question whatsoever. Now, what I do have worries about is once we play these good teams and if we do get to the playoffs, how much of a chance we'll have to make it. I think if we play in Chicago, that'll help a lot. I know we have a big game against the Rams at home. That'll be a great telltale if we can even hang with these playoff teams. Yep. The snow will help a lot with that. Hopefully there's some snow. The cold should help. But I think we have the talent. We have the roster. We have the talent. We just got to actually learn how to win, win these close games, and know how to do it as a team. Yeah, I think that's definitely accurate. And, I mean, the Vikings, you got them coming. Uh, you do have the two games against the 49ers and Giants, which should be wins because those are both teams that are tanking at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think I think what's really going to tell us about the Bears is the Packers on December 16th and see if you can get a revenge win from that, uh, because then <clears throat> assuming you beat the Giants and 49ers, uh, let's say we're I think we're both expecting the Bears to at least split with the Lions. I mean, you're going to be right around that 10 win area. You're going to be looking 10 wins right in the face. Uh I think that that revenge game at home is going to tell us a lot about the bears and where they're going as far as playoffs or not playoffs or whatever it may be. Yeah. And like you said, with our schedule, it's kind of favorable. We do have those winnable games against the giants and 49ers. So if we can split with a lot of these teams, if we can split with the Lions, Vikings and Packers, even if we win just like one at home for each one of those games, you add in those three wins, those two wins from the giants, 49ers, hopefully, and we're at 10 wins right there. And I think that gets us in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last thing before we close it out here, uh, because this just popped into my head now, Kevin White 
was inactive last week. Uh, Javon Wims getting the uh, addition to the active roster. Uh, what do you think about that? Because we here at Bears Nation podcast are a uh, historically pro Kevin White uh, podcast, and we are big Kevin White guys here. <laughs> so I thought it was weird, especially because it seemed like he was getting a role uh, as a blocker, and Mitch was starting to target him and look his way a little bit more. So are we expecting another IA for Kevin White? See, that for me is a huge question mark. I know, like you said, he's been getting a bit of a role. He's been getting some balls thrown his way. I think he had two big catches called back with some penalties, and if you have those in yep. there, he's quietly putting this in place. I don't think I've seen him messing anything up too bad. Like he's made those catches. I've seen him make some great blocks out in space on some screen mm-hmm. passes. He's a huge guy, and he still has that size and that athleticism. I just worry if he can kind of get out of his own head a little bit, and I think this inactive week may have – not been the best thing for him. So we'll see how he handles it. If he does handle it well and plays it plays well in the future, then all power to him. Wish him the best of luck with whatever team he's on next. I don't think it's going to be the bears. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, once he made that catch against the Patriots that almost sent the bears to overtime against new England, I thought that was going to be a real turning point. Uh, and now two weeks later, here we are. And he was uh, registered as inactive I think that was super weird. I don't know if maybe that was just Nagy being Nagy and the situation or the matchups, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, that was really weird. We'll be watching that. But all right. Do we want to do a prediction for the Lions game real quick, too? I want to hear yours first before I go with mine. Okay. um, So I do think the Bears won this game. I think being favored by six and a half, I think that is probably about right. I think this has 31 to 21 written all over it. I'm pretty close to you. I was thinking it's going to be about 27 to 20 or 28 to 20. I think we get there. I think we get the win. I think we cover the spread, but I don't think it's a dominant win by any means. I think it is a divisional battle and that's going to show. All right. Awesome. Harrison, thank you so much for filling in. You are listening to this probably on hopefully Thursday, depending on if I have my things together, but Hopefully you're listening to this on Thursday, a couple days before game day, get you nice and hyped for the game against the lions at home at soldier field the bears are back try to notch that sixth win continue that playoff push stay atop the nfc north in a huge divisional battle harrison once again thank you for joining us i hope you enjoyed your time again here uh your second appearance any final reflections from your second appearance nothing too crazy just thanks for having me bear down chicago yeah all right this has been another edition of bears nation pod bear down